From Studio 2 in Oxford, Mississippi, this is After Hours with RebelGrove.com. Bye. Thank you, Your Honor. This isn't a victory for me. This is a victory for the justice system and my boss. Today's episode is brought to you in part by the Oxford Exxon. Stop in today for all your food, fueling, and beverage needs. Yeah, you can put some onion in while you're deglazing. I was thinking about shallots, actually. Oh, yeah. Shallots won't overwhelm the chicken's natural flavors. Are you insane? Maybe some mild post-traumatic stress disorder, but... But he drinks a lot, so... So, yeah, I think I've got a pretty good handle on it. All right, hold on just a second here. Are you telling me that if you have this Tourette syndrome, you can say whatever you want all the time and never get in trouble? My nerves are frayed enough as it is. Really? No, Long Island iced tea number three really took the edge off. What, is this a communist country or something? No, this is America! So we are going to beat the Russians! Give it up, folks. Mike Aruzioni. And now, here are your hosts, Jeffrey Wright and Dylan Edwards. Yeah. Let's do it. Monday afternoon, March the 23rd edition of After Hours. I think it's like episode 72. We're creeping up on 100. Are we going to make it there? Uh, I don't know. That's a good question. Uh, good day, Dylan Edwards. How are you? Uh, doing great. Um, I was flirting with a power move that I thought, but I can't decide. I can't decide if it's worth it or not. You always like power moves. I do love power moves. I was thinking about telling a chick I would give blood for her and then just not going because two, it's a two point play because number one, if I tell you I'm going to give blood on your behalf, you should immediately, if you know anything about me, know that I'm completely full of shit. Well, you have to assume that before you even start talking. Fair. But number one, I hate needles. Like, it's the one thing that I'm actually, like, I have a phobia of is needles. And number two, I am incredibly squeamish. So it's kind of go together. Right. That usually one of those is with the other. So if I sit there and tell you I'll give, you, I'll give blood on your behalf, you should immediately know that I'm lying. And it's just not a fun situation because you normally sit around and then you kind of feel bad the rest of the day. I've never given blood for like a blood drive. The only time I've ever had blood drawn is for testing. Yeah. Actually, uh, there would be people, really stupid people, that would give blood and then go to football practice mm-hmm. in high school, and they would basically die. Here's how, much, here's how much you know that I hate needles. I can, I've always prided myself as the guy that could always beat the system. Huge beat the system guy. I was huge, you know... If I spend as much time if I spend as much time trying to figure out how to change every single period on a paper from a 12 point to a 14 point font so that I can maybe make a five page paper a half a page longer, if I would have spent all the time that I dedicated to the period trick that I would have done to just writing the paper or like if I would have spent all the time getting around the rules, if I would have just probably like studied or done what I was supposed to, probably would have gone to Harvard. Pretty pretty confident in that. Instead, I... That would have been a lot of time dedicated. A lot of time dedicated. So, I... You could get out of practice if you... Like, we had... At MUS, we had the, the, the blood bank... But, like, they would come for a two- or three-day period during, like, a service week. And you could get out of practice if you gave blood. Never even consider it. And I 
hated practice. We didn't get out of practice. Though. I think one time the coach realized what people had done and got pissed off, so our conditioning was just hitting the sled. Ooh. <laughs> hey, maybe we can do some bear crawls too, coach. Everyone loves those. Yeah, that, that's probably the worst part of football is when you bear crawl the sled. Probably the worst memory. See, I hated the bear crawls suck. Don't bear crawling me. the sled is like it's combining the two worst things you can do and doing them together. See, bear crawling sucked, but the one I hated more was when you did the crab walk when you went backwards. Because I would get, uh, it's disorienting. At least like when you're I'm, just making shit up right now. Yeah, right? no, it's exactly like, it's like that's not even a thing. This doesn't even make us better. Like what? What the hell? Like, are you kidding me? But no, that's how much. So I, I'm considering doing this. Do you actually? Is it really a power play if it's really no true gain for you? Well, yeah, no, because. She'd get points. Like, if I did it... Well, yeah, but... Well, I'm hoping that she'll be banking on it, and then she'll just... She'll quit counting on me. Like, or, I'm sorry. I'm banking on... I'm banking on her counting on me for the points, and then just kind of, like, moving on to her next objective, thinking that she had that in the bag, so that hopefully they could be, like, 10 points short. They think that they have a certain amount of points, and then they're 10 points short. Are we sure this short. is a power play? How is this not a power play? It seems... Petty. How is it still not a power play? Most power plays are petty. Not to this level. Yes, no, most are generally petty. When because we're talking it's, about giving blood for derby days, I don't think that counts the same. First off, not a Sigma Chi, don't care. Um, number two, how is virtually every power play is always petty? It's usually based on some form of revenge, some form of proving something that is petty. I, I you're that that one. You're, I, I understand your logic up to that point, like, but generally power plays are petty. Most power plays serve no purpose other than to show power. <laughs> I think I should do it. Uh, I think you should do it too, just because I think it would be funny. It was a good idea. You got to at least admit that. It was an entertaining <laughs> it idea. It was a very Jeffrey idea. It was a good idea. <laughs> I'm failing. Uh, all I'm hearing <laughs> is... is- all I'm hearing is synonyms. This is making insanely good sense. This is, this is making insanely good sense. So, over the weekend, Dylan experienced a sports bar for the first time. Well, and, sort of. Well, but I love how you didn't realize, like... Well, for you March, didn't realize, like, for what, March Madness, it's really cool. Yeah, but you never realized, like, when I told you, like, days that, like, oh, yeah, I was just in this place for, like, 10 hours. You're like, what were you doing? Now it all makes sense. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Like, we were there basically eight hours. The only time we left was when closing time came or if I had to, A, feed Carly or B, take Carly out. That's Those were basically the only times Probably we Probably going to have a repeat. Yeah, and Thursday and Friday will probably be one and the same. Saturday, Sunday is a little more difficult because there's only a six-hour window of games. I'm sure we'll make something well, work. I'm sure we'll make it happen. So, uh, huge, huge week of gambling. Not sure you could have a worse start than I did on Thursday. So yeah, you were in a dark place. Thursday was, was as bad of a, a gambling start as you could possibly have. I made like 12 or 13 plays of those 12 or 13 plays. There was a seven game stretch starting with Virginia Commonwealth, Virginia Commonwealth beat me on without a doubt, maybe one of the biggest garbage time layups of all time. So that one beat me, and that just kind of set along this 
this just massive downfall. That was the uh, one where the other team the just team, stopped playing. That's defense. when Ohio State just they they put hands up, don't shoot, and uh, and Virginia Commonwealth made. That's kind of, in my opinion, that's bad form on Virginia Commonwealth. You got to run that out. They had to cover. The coach knew the line. He won. I'm failing to see what you mean. This is where my theory is going to – it bites me in the ass. Yeah, the coach knew the line. He knew that he covered. Technically, that's a win. Because you know I've always said I would – I openly would admit I coached to the line. Um, yeah, it was a brutal start. Then I got a, a Cincinnati-Purdue halftime under, and it looked awful. You do – unders are such a bad bet, though. Unders are, without a doubt, the most – Nerve-wracking, the most awful bet. You just want everyone to suck. So I mean, I kind of see where. Well, and it's not even. It's not only on top of everyone. No, because it's even different for you. Like it's one thing to bet a Chelsea under. It's another thing to bet when they scored seventy-three goals. Well, first off, this wasn't even like a, a high under. I want to say it was like fifty-four points, like fifty-four, fifty-five point under. And it's one thing to sit there and go, "Oh, I'm betting the under." You have to realize you're going to watch that entire game, and if you're betting the under, you're pulling for awful basketball. You want ugly, terrible, disgusting, unwatchable basketball. All I need a bunch of deep mid-range jump I want, shots. I want turnovers. I want turnovers. I want bad. But you, but you need turnovers, but not fast breaks. No, no, yeah, no, yeah, no, completely different. I need like passes out of bounds. I need, I need incompetence. Yeah, so it makes it an even worse bet because. On top of, on top of feeling awful, because betting the under is awful. Like you just sit there and you just go, "I hope you all suck today." Uh, unless you're betting like two teams you hate, then the under is kind of fun. I, I don't have a problem with football unders. It's more fun. Basketball unders are just different to me for some reason. Basketball unders are are different because because a football game that ends twenty one seventeen could have been a really really good game. It could have had a lot of theater. A a basketball game that ends forty five. A half that is a half that is, I believe it was like twenty eight twenty seven or something along those lines. They covered by a point on another layup. Then I got beat on a Stephen F. Austin airballed three. That was a special three from the corner. No one around him. No in the one corner. around him. A little bit of a drill in there. Uh no one around him. But the worst part was the shot was so bad his his teammate that was underneath the basket looking for the rebound, the shot was so bad he misread it, and it ends up going over his head, and he then fouls the Stephen F. All, or then he uh, then fouled the Utah defender, thus sending them to the line uh, to cover. They hit a free throw that basically would have just if the thing hits the rim, the game's probably over. They end up fouling with like .7 seconds left and win. Uh, there was another one I got hammered on. I don't know. It, it was it was brutal. It was just brutal until you saw me do it. Well, th- first you did the the ultimate douchebag move. Me? Yeah, you did the ultimate douchebag move. In all serious, no, I need you to make a bet. Right in all now. serious, yeah, you were just like, hey, listen, there's two more games left. I need you to tell me what you're betting on because I'm going to take the opposite. I then I made one. And one, it was like a little bet. And then the big one was I basically threw half of my remaining account on. It was a bold play. It was half of my remaining account on Georgetown. Historically, an awful team to bet on in the NCAA tournament. 
But it's like the roulette table coming up black. Yeah. It's going to be red now. Eventually, eventually they've got to cover once, and then they did the Lord's work. They were they they put that game out of hand. Although it ended up getting fairly close. It ended up like getting to ten, but I think the number was like seven. Um, so then that just set off a just a fantastic Friday that started with what looked like was going to be a bad omen. Dylan Chase and I are sitting in uh, McEwen's eating lunch. And I've got Michigan State, and I'm laying, it was either five and a half or six. It might have been six on the number. And Michigan State has virtually covered for most of the deciding minutes. Georgia came back at like the 10-minute mark. Then Michigan State pulled ahead. They're in full cover range. They're up like 12. Couple of garbage, couple of garbage threes, some bad fouls, some really bad fouls, a couple of and ones that were just Horrible, horrible, horrible fouls if you're a gambler. Those sent Georgia into straight cover zone. And then an act of God happened. Georgia took a garbage shot and they fouled Michigan State. They fouled Valentine, who was their best free throw shooter. Garbage time, two free throws. They're down five. He hits both. Go up seven. Hands up on defense. The shot misses off. Huge backdoor cover for me. Never in doubt. Never a doubt. Michigan State minus six. Never a doubt. So that just set off a string of just win after win after win. Six straight. Seven straight. And then we get to last night. We got to last night and we got to Louisville, you and I, which that was a bad bet. That all you you even pointed it out. At first, we all liked you and I because we didn't like Louisville. Well, but then you seventy-seven percent of the money. Then you realized seventy-seven percent of the money, and that should have been the red flag. However, I put the bet in before I looked at that, so I'm not to blame there. The one that I stand by, which was still a decent bet, I got Maryland and West Virginia as a pick'em. I could not account for the fact that Maryland's best player was going to run into a moving string and basically fall, collapse to the ground motionlessly. That's not on me. He and then he came back in. Then he came like, back di- in. Like died again. Yeah, he came back in and they hit him in the head again. Guy can't catch a break. That's not on me. The worst though was that dude's mom. Every time they kept paying to the crowd, she looked like she didn't give two shits that he was hurt. <laughs> Whatever, he's fine. Well, I'm sitting there going, "Sweetheart, that's your gravy tray. Show some. Show at least a little. Even if you're being stoic, mom, I get it. I understand the. But that's for dad." Dad gets to be stoic. I need tears. Let me tell you what. If I have a concussion and I'm laying there emotionlessly and I can eventually see the stands, like my mom better just have mascara on her face. Like running onto the court. Nothing else but mascara, makeup everywhere. I want disheveled. Dad, I just want walk it off. There's two different, completely different things. Dad should tell you to rub some dirt on it, walk it off. Mom should be just hysterical. Uh, so that one was, so we're kind of back We're I finished up 30, 30 units for the, for the week. Yeah. That's, that's the the term when you don't want to tell people what you're, what you're betting, but a unit equals a dollar. It's, it's a nice lingo between us and the the Vegas community. Uh, so I, I, I finished up 30 all in all, I would say wins. I mean, you got to bet on games and you won money. That's winning, right? The experience. And we, we started discovering the, the fireball with the apple ale shot, which is magnificent. 
Might be by mistake. Except when a bartender. Well, yeah, except when the except when the the fat. That was not a good idea. The fat bitchy bartender with a lot of attitude. <laughs> Listen, if you're the fat bartender at the at the bar with all the good looking bartenders, you can't have attitude. You can, this, there's a way you can do this. You have you've got one play. Your play is be the cool bartender. And the, everyone look. Listen. Not a person out there that doesn't love the cool bartender. You have a chance to become a hero. The, the, the woman they hoist on the shoulders and take out. I don't know. My favorite part still is just the completely unnecessary bottle opener in the back pocket of jeans for one of the bartenders. Yeah, I love that move. <laughs> like She doesn't ever use it. It's just there. That girl's the Katy Perry of bartenders, and here's why. Every feature that she had, she brought attention to. Like, she had a phenomenal ass. I mean, just that ass wouldn't quit. So she either chose to rock A, jean shorts that were too tight, or B, jeans that were too tight. Like, minimum two sizes too small. Depending on the weather. Uh, In the left pouch, we had the... uh, Left pouch, we had the the ticket writing if if someone were going to order an actual, like, food item. And in the other one, we just had the completely unnecessary bottle opener that was never touched. But... Nobody hates it. But it clearly said... Hey, look at this. Uh, she also had uh, fantastic teeth. And if you notice, her makeup around her mouth was always perfect. Like, there was always just just enough to draw your eye. She was like, rule of thirds, man. She, she knew to basically just draw your eye right into her teeth because she had a fantastic smile. Love that girl. Um, so that was, those were kind of the highlights of the weekend. Uh... Dylan was on a heater of heaters if he would have bet, but he wasn't. It, he doesn't <laughs> obviously yeah. doesn't officially bet since he takes a paycheck from an athletic department in the of the National Collegiate Athletic Association. But in the that's like their only rule, <laughs> no betting. You had one job. <laughs> no idea. No, no, no. I only have one rule. Tonight you're gonna you're gonna have to break it tonight. <laughs> uh, so that was that was good stuff. Speaking of gambling and injustice, this comes to us from Newser. This one, actually, when I read it, I really got upset because I started thinking, what if that were me? Because, you know, I always, again, the whole world is here to revolve around me. I consider this entire world one big movie, and I'm the star. So you failed to unshuffle the deck. Why is that our problem? That is essentially what a group of 14 gamblers are arguing in an effort to retain $1.5 million they won in an Atlantic City Casino in 2012, the AP reports. They filed a motion yesterday in an attempt to persuade a judge to reverse her ruling favoring the casino. Back in 2012, these gamblers were playing mini Baccarat at the Golden Nugget when they realized the cards were unshuffled. Uh, The manufacturer had failed to pre-shuffle them. So the players increased their bets from $10,000 to $5,000. Love that move and won 41 hands in a row. The casino only let them cash out for $558,900 and sued to get back that amount and legally retain the rest, Consumerist reports. To no one's surprise, the attorney for the casino's parent company supports the judge's February ruling. Quote, The trial judge considered uh, considered the law and made a thoughtful and correct decision, he tells the AP. We see no reason why she should change her mind. The judge indicated, the judge, I beg your pardon, the judge hasn't indicated how she'll decide, but the players say her ruling could upset other gamblers. Quote, 
by ordering the patrons to return the monies that were paid out by the Golden Nugget nearly three years after the game ended, sends an incredible conditional messages to the public. A win isn't necessarily a win, they say in the filing. Meanwhile, Atlantic City suffering hard times. Uh, meanwhile, Atlantic City is suffering hard times. Four casinos closed last year, and the city itself may face bankruptcy over plummeting tax revenues. Reuters reports. All right, that's. It's called gambling. You are the house. Yes, the the mantra is the house always wins. But guess what? You fucked up. You didn't win. It's not like they played. It's not like they. Okay, sure. They recognized an error. That's also that shit's on you. Like, you could have recognized the error too. These are the rules of the game right here. I'm just playing. Right. So. I get it. You sit there and go that well that money wasn't fairly won, but it was fairly won. They, because they played the, the game. The dealer the dealer had every opportunity to wreck that, that dealer 100% gone, right? Oh, well, could you imagine what that dealer Cuz remember I told you this, the first time I took you to the casino, right, she wasn't taken off the table, she was executed on the spot. Firing squad most likely. The, the first time I pointed out to you when we were playing blackjack and that table got hot. And it got hot. And I always love it when a table gets hot because, you know, they're just pulling cards out of a machine. It's There's no secret to it for her or him, whoever's pulling the cards for the dealer. Like, like Whoever's sitting at the table cuts right. the cards and she puts it in the machine. Right. It's, That's it. She, she, has, she has no influence over the situation. And most, if not all, I've never been to a casino where the dealer wouldn't tell you what the book says. So talk about the ultimate objective observer who just happens to be wrong place, wrong time. But the table got hot, and I go, you watch it. They'll take her off. And within three hands, she was gone. Gone. So, could you imagine what happened to this poor soul? Let's be real. Soul. Because that's all that's left at this point. (sighs) There's certainly not a body. Because, by the way, I don't know if you've ever been to Atlantic City. I'm here to bring a certain... Classic criminal. Lake City, a little, little different classic casino. Is that, is that what we're going to go with, firing squad? Because I think it might be a little bit more brutal than that, like drawing quartered or something. That's a lot of money she could have lost. Well, we can rule out – okay, Let's. what are the humane things? We can rule out lethal injection. Well, obviously. Anything quick and painless. Beheading's gone, in my opinion. Yeah. There's going to be no guillotine or anything like that. I feel like it's fi- – listen, don't get me wrong. I love drawn and quartering or the Blood Red Eagle as the Vikings used to do. I, I completely understand that that idea. However, firing squad sends a message. Like, don't get me wrong. Drawn and quarter sends a message. But drawn and quarter almost sends too much of a message. Like, this is a one-time thing. Firing squad is like, hey, listen, we've all got guns here. We can line you up couple of people get some blanks and we can line you up and, and go firing squad I feel like sends the right message okay but I don't I completely understand why I like the creativity of no I, I love it love it but I just feel like it's too although a casino could probably do something more screwed up like giving someone like an, the AIDS virus ooh long slow <laughs> painful death HIV, not no, but like full blown AIDS. Yes, like absolutely not. Like full blown AIDS, just inject you with full blown AIDS. Like 
blood transfusion. Tell you they are injecting super aids. Right. Tell you that they're injecting you with super aids and doing it at the same time, and you just have to live with the decision. And like, because the truth is, you did just hand out two hundred dollars, two hundred thousand dollars. You ha- kind of have it coming. Right. So, like, I hope you enjoy the common cold killing you. I'm gonna hate that. Five. But here's my other deal. You are in the business of gambling. Sometimes, not always. In fact, less of the time, the least of the time, the player wins. How poorly does the casino have to be run to have to close? That's the thing. I hate. I hate protecting incompetence. And to me, this ruling protects incompetence. But that's the you are in the business of hey. You the whole reason we're coming in there is to attempt to win money. It's usually a terribly misguided notion, but the reason that we are in there is because there is a chance that we can win money. By the flip side, you have created an atmosphere for us to come in and play because you know the odds are always in your favor. The longer we play, the more likely you are to win you are to take my money. Yeah, the free drinks too also don't hurt their investment. Exactly. So, unfortunately, every business has some risk. Your risk is having a dealer who did not realize that a deck of cards had not been shuffled. You can sit there and blame it on whoever you want. You can blame it on the fact that there wasn't the automatic shuffling machine, whatever. But the truth is, everyone had the opportunity at that moment to determine whether or not that game was fair. The dealer did not recognize. What was the dealer doing? It's like, oh, they're winning every hand and every card's coming out in order. Because even. It's like, how do you be that stupid? And I don't understand it because, particularly if you play blackjack like I do, I'm always concerned at why the people that are dealing blackjack. My first question is always, why are you here? Because generally, every single person that's ever dealt blackjack to me has been wildly competent and incredibly good with numbers. And so I always... Yeah, I, mean, I, I consider myself smart, but one of the dealers, like, I know we're even in the same room, right. sphere of counting like she was. No, and, and I get it. Some people go, well, if that was your job, if that were your job... Regardless. Every but regardless, those people are incredible. Not only are they good with numbers, they're good with math, and people can say, well, you develop a system. I don't care. Technically, computer programmers developed a system. They're still smarter than I am. Like, and I'm not saying every dealer, but that is always the depressing thought that goes through my head. It's like, why are you here? Because you could do something else. Like you, Anything. Well, the other thing is, because one of my big deals on intelligence is how quickly can you make decisions? And people can sit there and go, oh, well, it's a, it's a routine. It's a formula, whatever. I don't care. Those people are making decisions quickly. Hammer, like, that game moves. And even when you play in... I'm not even talking about when you play in the Bellagio. I'm talking about when you play at the Horseshoe in Tunica. That game moves. Uh, so, my bracket was in the 98th percentile. Was. Was. Past very tense. much past tense. Very much past tense. Iowa State and Virginia not exactly doing the Lord's work. I don't know why I believed in either one of those. I honestly have no idea who I picked in my bracket. I only check the leaderboard to see if I'm beating the people I don't like. That's all I care about. The the set of games that played Thursday, Saturday, I did awesome in. 
Like, I started off that first day. I started off that first day. You did well on the first day with all the upsets? Well, I lost betting. but yeah, I, did. I know. I meant bracket. Yeah, I actually did because I picked two of them. No, I picked Georgia State, and I want to say I picked. Why did you pick Georgia State? Uh, I did not. Why did I pick Georgia State? I don't really. I never really believed in Baylor, to be completely honest with you. Oh, you know why I picked him? Exactly. I know exactly why I picked him. Two words. Scott Drew. Okay, valid point. He is not even a sneaky bad coach. He's like an embarrassingly bad coach. But he gets away with it because, A, he's a nice guy, and, B, everyone always kind of remembers his brother fondly and remembers his dad fondly. So I feel like he kind of gets a free pass. But he's a really bad basketball coach. Like, you sit there and you go, hey, maybe you should have stuck to tennis. Because, you know, he didn't actually play basketball. He played tennis. Which, fine, great, but, you know, maybe you shouldn't have a multi-million dollar job if you're... Like, Perry Ellis supposedly is the best athlete on the Thunder's team. The Thunder, whatever. I hate that. I agree with Dave. We've we've already been here. I agree with Dave Damashek. He could not be more right about how ridiculous it is when teams aren't plural. You need S's on everything. Everything. Or just go to England and everything... Is plural. Whatever. But supposedly... I like everything being plural. Not Perry Ellis, whatever. Perry Jones III. Perry yeah. Ellis plays in Kansas, I beg your pardon. I knew who you were talking about. But Perry Jones III is supposedly the best and most talented basketball player on that roster, which I think is kind of a gross overstatement. I think that's one of those things that Coach Slip say, oh my God, the guy's the best athlete on the team. It's like, you have Kevin Durant and you have... Russell I'm going to say Russell Westbrook's probably the best athlete. Right. I understand what you're saying. Right. That, I'm not. I'm not making. I'm. A, I, I know. Yeah. I'm, I'm, so because it's one of those one. It's one of those things where I'm like, I've seen Westbrook play. It, you could. You can criticize him. You cannot criticize his athleticism. Like there are, that that guy's a freak. Like he's that he's that guy that how many managers are over in Europe just going, that bloke would have only gotten a soccer ball. Although there's a lot of those in America. Well, uh, uh, OBJ. Well, he's actually can sort of play soccer. Supposedly he was going to be on the national, he was going to be in the national program, and then he was like, fuck that. They travel. Victor Victor Cruz likes soccer too, but his last name is Cruz. Cruz can kick. I've seen him kick. It's pretty impressive. Uh, Beckham has hit like 50 yarders. Giants would be a really solid soccer team. Unfortunately, fair to Midland. Football team because you don't have offensive linemen, so it's you don't really need those. They're kind of overrated. Don't don't forget you know linebackers and back end guys. Other than that, we're fine. Just the defense in general. I'm okay when the pass rush and you can't predict. You pay Matthias is he still on the team? Kuanuka. Yes, he's getting paid way too much money. Yeah, but when they got healthy, they were still like even at the end of the year when they were healthy, they were. You can't predict injuries. And the but if you want to criticize anything, you yes, can't predict injuries, but you know they're going to happen. It's in the NFL. I I agree. If you want to criticize anything, the criticism is the lack of depth and the lack of overcommitting to certain players. I I'm with you on that. However, when that line was healthy, they wrecked shit. I mean, there was a four or five game stretch where we were fine, but unfortunately, there was you know sixteen games. Yeah. Unfortunately. 
A couple of other highlights of the tournament. Did you see the ball boy wiping out yesterday? I did not. So he, I can't remember exactly what game it was in. I want to say it was the Kansas-Wichita State game. He goes and he wipes the floor. And the spot that he wipes, he immediately, after he's done wiping it with his towel, he immediately just eats shit. Like, like on that exact spot. So two things here. Number one, as we've determined, uh, Jimmy Kimmel pointed out on the Bill Simmons podcast, there are two types of people in this world. There are people that laugh when people fall down, and there are people that don't and feel sorry, uh, feel sorry for the victim, if you will. And they also hate the people that laugh at the, the victim that has fallen. Uh, count me in the crew that that will never not be funny. I need more people embarrassing. I, well, here's the thing. I have really good balance because low center of gravity. People usually short guys have very good centers of ba- balance, or very they're very good at balancing. Very low centers of gravity, whatnot. However, you put me in flip flops, and I will. I am guaranteed to face plant and eat shit at least once in that day. I used to have an older pair of tennis shoes that these soles were really, really bad on them, and Ole Miss's sidewalks are like walking on ice all year. Ole, Miss, Ole Miss's sidewalks really are the, the dumbest thing of all time. They oh. make no sense. They're really slick for some reason. I don't know why. Not only that. And when it rains. Uh, that was it, my point. Instead of, you know, having it slanted where it runs off, it like collects in the middle. It's really impressive, honestly. Yeah, it's on top of on top of having there are so many blocks that are uneven. Yes. On top of that, they drain horribly. I have no idea who was in charge of they like they pool, they don't drain. Yeah, the engineering the engineering of of campus because the the thing about Ole Miss Unlike a lot of places in this area, Ole Miss is far enough removed from the Delta that Ole Miss has some elevation. The campus has some elevation. You could use it. You could use it to your advantage. However, Ole Miss doing what Ole Miss does. Yeah, when it rains, you're gonna basically just have wet jeans all day, which is just awful. It's almost to the point where you're better off sacrificing A, a pair of shoes, and B, just saying, fuck it, I'm wearing shorts. Because there's nothing worse when you hit that, like, the backsplash on, like, your calf part of your jeans that when they become drenched. Yeah. It's just awful. No, as as Daniel Tosh so eloquently told us, this is what it was like in New Orleans. Had I known, maybe I would have helped. Trina, too. I'm your savior. Yeah, no, completely agree with you on how, how poorly those are designed. But it's still, let's be real. If you see somebody do that move, as long as it's not, this is why I quit wearing flip flops in Ole Miss. The move where uh, somebody's not paying attention and they hit the uneven block and stumble, laugh every single time. Without fail, you're going to hear somebody from the back yell, Sniper! <laughs> that guy is usually me. Uh, love that. For when you have no idea who it is, just yell it out. Yeah, no. It, yeah, even, like, yeah. It, doesn't matter, male, female, anyone. I no one is, no one is, no one is not subject to my to my wrath. Uh, 
this is how I learned the hard way. So at Pepperdine, there the track would lead up to the dorms where all the freshmen lived. All the freshman dorms sat right above the track, and there's this mm, Z-shaped stairwell. They were called the track stairs, appropriately wow. named. I know, right? Hey, That's efficient. Hey, average ACT score was 28 on the ACT at Pepperdine. It's only 28? You, you, uh, Church of Christ kids really bring us down. Oh, I thought it would be higher than that. The Church of Christ kids really bring <laughs> it down because 50% of the school has to be Church of Christ. Wow. Um, yeah, no, and they get all the money, which was infuriating. Um, yeah, I would have guessed like 31 or 2. Let's just say if you were a comm major or education major, pretty strong correlation between those kids and also members of the Church of Christ. Um, very, very strong, strong relationship there. A lot of business majors were Protestant, Catholic, or unaffiliated. 28 is not as impressive as... Well, I mean, the average ACT score being a 28, I mean, that's pretty high. I mean, it's high, but it, I'm, whatever. I did better on the SAT. I did a lot better on the SAT. I never took the SAT. I only took the ACT. I liked the SAT because the ACT was more of testing like what you have learned. The SAT was just, how smart are you? Yeah, I also normally just stopped caring by the end of the ACT. When the science section came, that's when I checked out. And apparently it wasn't even very scientific. Apparently it's like reading comprehension. I was like, mm, I haven't hit C in a while. Let's let's hit that bad boy. I got like a 35 on the writing. And like a 35 on the writing. Or the, the, yeah, they, re, that's yeah, what I did. Too. 35 on that, like a 31 on the math. And then like 20 <laughs> on the science. Well, you win some, you lose some, huh? Huh, mom and dad? <laughs> why, why were you so bad at that one? Because <laughs> I didn't care. I've been here four hours. Yeah. I, oh, the SAT was longer. That was the thing I loved about the ACT. The ACT is that one like sit down and it takes forever. It's like 60 minutes a section. But once you do the sections, you're done. The SAT is an all day affair. Mom was like, people would take the ACT plus writing. And I was like, why? Why are you doing that? We had to do it to graduate. Really? Yeah. MUS had to do it to graduate. <laughs> uh, but without a doubt, the highlight, the highlight for me of just tournament experience, like the watching experience, two things. Number one, Villanova Piccolo chick crying was just... Because you and I have discussed, there are very few things in the world that give us more pleasure and joy sad than sad crowd shots. Like, we, we sit there, when they start panning, and we get upset when they turn it back to the game. Because, the game, in our opinion, the game's decided. Let's find some crowd shots. Let's... That's why Scott's run against Vanderbilt. Oh, it's like they just all out on Vanderbilt's fans. Well, because on top of on top of that, it was the on top of being like sad, angry. The one that I think's the best on top of just like because don't get me wrong, tears of tears are fantastic. Bring them on. Those are like eights. The just pure and utter shock of when they got when you have hands on the head, you have the open mouth of just. What just happened? Well, the Vanderbilt one had a little bit – maybe she was about to cry. It mm. also had all the shock. And then it had one girl that had no idea what was going right. on. Right, no <laughs> idea. And that's the perfect That's the perfect thing. It's like she had no idea what just happened. The only one that rivals that on crowd shots, in my opinion, the Auburn run back, when they, 
when they found the very few, like they're that one section of Alabama people, when they found that, let me tell you what was smoking at the right condo, the back button on the, the DVR. We were just, just could not get enough. Or anytime Alabama loses on the road, they find those, like, that one group the, the, of the Alabama poor, fans. The poor frat boy that has nothing else to live for other than Alabama football, and tears are just flowing. It's like, just on let, repeat. Me, like, let me lick them. Let me lick every <laughs> single one of them. Uh, that one stood out. That was fantastic. Uh, however. She was battling through it, though, still playing. Well, she's a hero. I mean, listen, she was sad, but more importantly, she had a job to do. What does Coach Belichick tell us, Dylan? Do your job. Got to protect the wall. Uh, but the greatest moment of the weekend came to me from Gonzaga, also doing the Lord's work. They didn't even waste a second yesterday thinking, hey, maybe we'll let Iowa come back. Iowa, I think they got it to like 10 at one point. But for the most part, Gonzaga was in well in cover zone. The Oregon-Wisconsin game was also a lot of fun if I would have bet on something. Right. If you, if, you were, if you were someone who would have bet on something yesterday, that would have been a fun one. Um, but this story comes out. This is why we later – it was later revealed to us after the game why Gonzaga was never, ever in question. USA Today brings us this story. Gonzaga routed number 7 Iowa on its way to a long, elusive Sweet 16 date. Kyle Wilcher had 24 of the Zags' 87 points and added 7 rebounds. Simply put, Wilcher was utterly unstoppable. And after the game, he gave away the key to the success in his press conference. Quote, And for me, I mean, tonight we were extra motivated because we were going to dinner last night and we passed one of my favorite restaurants, Benihana. And we were going to a burger joint. So I said, Coach, we should go to Benihana. And one of our assistants said, Hey, if you get the win tonight, We'll go to Benihana in Houston. So I was extra motivated because now we get to go to Benihana. So I'm hyped. Uh, first off, no shit. Second off. It's like, why didn't you know this before? You could have bet even more on them. I would have wagered everything on this one game. <laughs> hey, Dick, how about a heads up? Because there's nothing that's more motivating than Benihana birthday. Except maybe the choo-choo onion, the onion train. Love that when they stack it up high. You've probably never had a Benihana experience, have you? I have not. Oh, so you have... Wow. Sad. So, so goddamn sad. Um, one of my favorite Benihana moments, anytime that was basically, I think, from the age of 12 to... Eh, maybe it was 11 to 15 or 16... Every one of my birthdays was at Benihana, and guess, every, guess what? Every single time. You had a great time. The subsequent one was better than the first one. Like I, Casa Bonita. Casa Bonita. It's basically your Casa Bonita. Because it has every... Listen, you've got the tricks of, number one, this joke never gets old. When the guy reaches with his little spatula and grabs just a metric ton of garlic butter that he's going to throw on the fried rice and go, Butterfly! I laugh every single time. Uh, the choo-choo train, laugh every single time. Uh, nothing better than when uh, he reaches he reaches on his tray that has all all the goodies, and you think he's going to you think he's going to squirt you with some sauce, but guess what? Nothing's in there. So he totally fakes you out. Or 
Sometimes it has like ribbon and he, it shoots out just ribbon at you. Love it every single time. Uh, nothing more impressive than what they can do with a shrimp tail. I mean, they just put a massive beat down on a shrimp tail. So for Wiltshire, he owes us all an apology because had I known that the Benihana bet was on, well, in fairness to him, if he probably admits the Benihana bet, that line moves to like 20. Like 98% of the money would have been on Zaga. Well, it's like yesterday. I clearly moved the Maryland line. That was you? That was all me. I clearly moved the Maryland line from a pick to a minus one. So it, there's no question what Wiltshire could have done with that, with that line. If only you could have got in a three-team money line parlay that was basically even money. If, if, if only. I loved that bet, too. When you recommended when you recommended a play that you weren't taking, obviously, but that if you could have taken a play, a play that you would have taken, that was without a doubt. Like, I legitimately got angry that I could not make that bet. It was three teams that were around a what? 1,000% chance they were going to win, and you got pretty close to even odds on it. Well, Duke... Never was basically – I get it. Those San Diego State kids supposedly had the flu. The whole team got the flu, whatnot. But they sure played like it. Uh, number two, Wisconsin, though they didn't play great, I don't believe they ever trailed in that game. And then the third team was Gonzaga, who I also believe never trailed in the game. So three teams – that paid out basically even money. I think it was like minus 140 or something. If you just took out if you took out the money line and you just played the game, it was not a whole lot different than if you took a spread. But you were getting just win the game. That's just it. win the game. The spread doesn't matter. All you needed was one more point. You're right. That was that was that was Vegas saying here. And I'm also glad though. Ah, that was that killed me. Pavada not giving me a Wisconsin line. Uh, so everyone knows my disdain as well as Dylan's disdain for Adidas. Well, we, yes, they're but, not, they're Nazis. Well, they're founded by one. No, they all are now still. What the fuck were they doing with UCLA's jerseys the other day? Well, they, cause they did okay on, what was it? The, the opening game, the opening game they did, they did okay. Cause I remember texting you. I'm like, that's not horrible. I mean the basketball jerseys are okay, or they're whatever. It's the football UCLA that's just terrible. Well, no, 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 This thick stripe ass stripe that they're doing. Have you seen this? Yeah. It goes like half ass, legitimately. Like it's a thick stripe, and then there's a random like thigh stripe. What the hell? You act like you can understand what Adidas is thinking. But I, there, there's no one on the planet that has to think that looks good, right? Well, UCLA has a color scheme you can't screw up. You just can't do it. Challenge accepted, said Adidas. And they did. And they ex- exceeded with We flyer. have to be fair. What Duke had on yesterday was awful. Or was it two days ago? Whenever. It was yesterday. I, I got to be honest with you. I don't hate it like you do. It was very Adidas-y. I don't mind the white on white. <laughs> you couldn't even see Duke or their last name on their jerseys unless it was like directly on them. 
Yeah, I got no problems with all white. It wasn't good. Like I used to, my favorite Grizzlies hat. I used to have an all white, all white with my the the Grizzlies, the Grizzlies whatever emblem was raised and was in white. Yeah, my like one of the favorite hats of my own. That sounds very ugly. Yeah, and w- which logo was it? The bear. It's like the bear with the. It was like the bear's face, but it was ra- It was like a raised. Do you like the bear paw logo? I do actually. The only thing I don't like, and I agree with you one thousand percent, I don't care for the script on the baseline it's, of the floor. I don't understand why it's in that script no, because nothing else is in that script. Hold on, now I'm pissed. Hey, FedEx Forum, get your shit together. That video board is so pathetic. It's not even HD. It's pathetic. It's awful. It's also very small. It's the worst video board in the NBA, and you have the third best record or the fourth best record, whatever. Yeah, the Tad Pads video board is probably better. No, 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 no. Not probably. The Tad Pads video board is definitely better. But that's pure Pete Boone at his finest. Hey, that's a man who goes, hey, we live in a shitty apartment. Let's go buy a $5,000 couch. TV, let's be fair. With the TV. But, I mean, that's what... You have, like, a 90-inch television. Right. The, the, the video board is the nicest thing in that building. Yes. Because Without even, even the carpet looks bad. In, well, in the, it's stained. In the interior. There's no question the nicest thing in that building is, is without a doubt, the video board. All right, so Adidas, we later, it later comes out today. This tweet came to us from Sarah. I think it's going to be Germano, but I'm not quite certain. She has a yellow, twi- or a yellow check mark, so she apparently matters on Twitter. In 1984, Adidas made a misstep that presaged others. Is that right? Presaged? How would you say it? I don't know. I hate when people do a word that I get it. You want to show your vocabulary, but if you're writing a a seven or eight word sentence, let's use a verb that people have heard of. What is it? P-R-E-S-A-G-E-D. Sage. I'm guessing it's presaged others. Yes, that's right. Okay. So in 1984, Adidas made a misstep that presaged others. A University of North Carolina basketball star named Michael Jordan. Heard of him? Ah, rings a bell, maybe? He wanted a sponsorship deal with Adidas when he went professional. Say people familiar with the matter. Adidas distributors wanted to sign Mr. Jordan, says someone who was then an Adidas distributor. But executives in Germany decided shoppers would favor taller players and also wanted to sponsor centers, the person says. We kept saying, quote, no one can relate to those guys. Who can res- who can associate with a guy seven foot tall? Does that even remotely surprise you? No, I'm, but thank God that didn't happen. It is one of those. That would be a. That's a fantastic. What would have happened? You know what I mean? Because part of the reason. Let's be real. Part of the reason why Nike is what Nike is is Jordan. Yes. There are two buildings. That are named after athletes in Beaverton or wherever. Where is it? Beaverton. Where's the headquarters of Nike? I don't think it's in Beaverton. I'll look. It's closer to Beaverton than it is. It's right outside of Portland, but it's closer to Beaverton than it is to Eugene, ironically. It's called, yeah, it actually is. I mean, it's near Beaverton. It's Washington County. Yeah, okay. So there are two buildings that are named after two athletes. 
One is Michael Jordan. The other is Tiger Woods. That would be a fun, because you can't obviously, Nike probably doesn't have the clout to get Tiger when they got Tiger if they don't have Jordan. So that is one of those, oh, this is a funny, funny story. That's a decent revenue for 2013. What did they make last year? Uh, two years ago, I guess. $25.3 billion. Okay. Decent revenue. Could have made more. So, my dad, who played basketball in the 70s, when I was coming up, Nike still, like when I was probably eight or nine, and my dad was still coaching my basketball teams because I was still, kids hadn't grown yet, and I was still coordinated enough to be good or to at least serviceable. What was the age here? It's like eight or nine, ten, somewhere in that area. My dad's the coach of the team, and Nike's not Nike at this point. Nike didn't really get to be Nike until I was in middle school. And it just, Nike and Adidas were still kind of neck and neck, and then Nike just dominated. So when you're that, when you're that age, your dad's generally the most impressionable person on you, wouldn't you agree? When you're you're in that age, like when your dad says like what goes, that's that's the cute. He also had a bargaining chip. So my favorite player was Michael White, because there was I just didn't watch the NBA. I I mean, obviously my NBA favorite team was, well, first it was the Magic because the Magic's jerseys, those pinstripes. Oh my God, straight flames, and I had the Memphis connection with Penny Hardaway. But those jerseys really, like the Magic, Penny helped. But the jerseys helped more. And they were still regional enough for it to be okay, They were still too. regional enough, and they were the cool team. They were the, the new team that... You were already planning ahead, so maybe you could right. maybe you go to Disney World on a trip? Not saying that I wasn't thinking that, but also mm, chances are decent. So, the, the pro game didn't really matter to me. I went to virtually all the Ole Miss games, and I loved Michael White. Michael White wore the three-stripe superstar Adidas. The most plain-looking, look it up, Adidas superstars. Like, the most plain-Jane-looking shoes. They were even low tops. Yeah. Not a good look. That's awful. Not a good look. And, hey, since you know kids are really nice to one another, didn't exactly make me the most popular guy (laughs) on the team. Because, you know, kids... Little boys are just so nice to other little boys. They'd never insult one another. It's it's nothing but but backpats and, hey, you look good out there. No, but only certain people are bullied. They're just unfortunate. Yeah, no, totally. I love, I love how we... No, everyone is bullied. Like, no, kids are bullied because kids are fucking mean. Kids are terrible people. Like, that's the whole point of being a kid. You're supposed to be molded into a decent member of society. It's a process. When you start, you are a selfish, manipulative Awful little rat. Some people don't change. Right. Well, uh, you kind of felt a little little heat coming from that direction. Uh, so so that was brutal for me. And then, obviously, today, you know, I, I like to think that might have shaped the reason why I'm such a Nike whore is that of all the all the horror and uh, like, Adidas never. If someone could get a picture of you, even if you are eight years old, like, that's serious blackmail stuff. That's, I think I might. I need to go find I think I might have a picture of it. I think I might. I, I hate to make false promises, but I am also the type of guy that I will. I'm the guy that 
So you were the point guard without a doubt? Oh, without it. The point guard that... W- would you call plays with your hands even though they meant nothing? 1,000% yes. Was that <laughs> even a... By you raising hands in the air, it means nothing? I'm a little offended at this actual moment that you didn't think that that was a given. Uh, so that was... Uh, yeah, that was, that was that moment. I am also the kind of guy, though, I will own something before other... Like, the first person that's going to make fun of me in a room is going to be myself. Because that way, if I do it, I beat you to it. You took all their ammo. I, it's it's over. It's done. If I find that picture, I'm going to tweet it out immediately so that it can't be used against me. I'm the kind of guy that would admit a political affair. Like, just immediately. I didn't mean to. I, I, I'm, my dick was hard and she slipped. <laughs> I, I have that guy. Uh, so... So, yeah, good for Adidas. Hey, listen, that wasn't that big of a loss of revenue. I'm glad. Not only that, they fueled their their single biggest competition. Did they give, like, Sam Bowie a bunch of money or something? Yeah, I mean, that's kind of I the... Kind of, I really wish they... That would be so much funny. So funny if they did that. How many big men have panned out? Shaq panned out. Hakeem was okay. Hakeem panned out. <laughs> That's about it, right? I mean, what do you say? What do, okay, what do you do with Dwight Howard? I mean, you can't say he's a bust. I, I get it, but I mean, at the same time, bust. But I mean, the Magic—he he was never on any good teams in his prime with the Magic. No, but if you're the if you're the if you're the most talented player that got the least out of his ability, doesn't that mean you didn't pan out? I mean, I'm not saying he's a failure. I'm not saying he's a bust, but he didn't pan out. I mean, the Magic got a decent deal for him because they knew he wasn't going to stay. Yeah, no, they did what they did what they had to do. I mean, I, he's just kind of. I mean, in the NBA too, a draft pick that plays like he did. I mean, he was a nice piece for them for several years. He got him. I mean, to he a was finals. the best center in the game for a while. I mean, every. I mean, was he the best player of all time or the top thirty? No, but he was a nice NBA player. I mean, I don't think there's yeah. anything wrong with that. All right, we've got to get to it because you're you fall into this category and I don't, and I think it's funny. So we're both huge Thrones fans. Dylan, for the most part, you've read how many? You've read three of the four, correct? Yes. Uh, or Are there's there four? Th- there's five. Well, I don't know. I've read. One book was really bad, and I stopped reading. I don't remember. Okay, so but you've read all of them with the exception of one. However many there are, you are... W- I think I'm two behind. Okay. All right, so this comes to us from Hitflix today, and it involves Game of Thrones. Recently, Game of Thrones creators, the television show, David Beninoff and Daniel Brett Weiss, sat down at the Oxford Union with actors Kit Harington and John Bradley to talk about the upcoming season. During the Q&A portion of the event, David Beninoff confirmed that Game of Thrones will eventually spoil the ending for A Dream of Spring, George R.R. R. Martin's final novel in the Song of Ice and Fire series. The question about the show overtaking the novels came around 34 minutes into the interview when a participant asked how the show planned to handle the fact that they are quickly running out of known source material for several prominent characters. Beninoff explained, We've been talking to Martin... For a while about this because we didn't want to catch up. But at the same time, George has his process. And if it takes him 20 years to finish the series, that's what it should take. To my mind, he's writing the great fantasy epic of our time. So we can't rush him, and I wouldn't want him to rush. 
but we couldn't put the show on hiatus. So we have been we have so we have kept pushing forward. Luckily, we've been talking with George about this, and for a long time, ever since we saw this could happen, we know where things are heading. We'll eventually meet up pretty much at the same place where George is on a dance of spring. There might be a few deviations along the route, but we're headed to the same destination. I've kind of wished there were some things we didn't have to spoil in terms of the books, but we're stuck in a we're stuck in between a rock and a hard place. The show must go on. All right, can you do me a favor? Can you look up when the first book was published? 1996. So 1996. The second book was published... 1999. 99. And then there's a gap in there? Yeah, then there's 2000. 2000 and then... 2005 and 2011. Okay, I get it. He's... Probably the amount of requests for him to do stuff probably increased as the books increased. But 1996, we're quickly approaching 20 years yeah, I've read three of the five that are out right now. The fourth one is probably one of the worst things I've ever read. There's a lot. Of, there are a lot of readers that are upset, and I understand that because you and I get upset about the Harry Potter movies. However, I think I do a better job of compartmentalizing the movies than you do. Yeah, I don't very well. But the truth is, there are things that we get upset about in the movies because we love the books so much. I don't think there's an argument here. Like to me, I understand he wants to do he wants to do it right, he wants to do it his way. But at the same time, you kind of you've had enough time to to get ahead, if you will. You know what I mean? I mean the TV show's just better. This is what and, and people that read the books first, they get so angry with me. And I understand like, it. I've done both. I consider myself pretty unbiased. Yeah. I they get so angry with me. The problem is I saw the TV show and then I tried to go and read the books just because that's kind of how I operate. I would prefer if there are two things, Great Gatsby. I'm going to read the book, I'm going to re- see the movie. Like if if there is a book, I generally would prefer to read the book and see the movie at the same so I could form an opinion for myself. I tried reading the very first book, what's it, The Song of Ice and Fire? Uh it's called A Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. I tried to read the first book 40 pages in, I was like, this, he, I hate to call him a bad writer because how much money is he worth? I'm sure this is going to be a lot, but hang on, I want to do this. Writers, writers are such a funny thing because you can get like a James Patterson who's worth like hundreds of millions of dollars. He would surprise me. I feel like he's going to be in like that 30 range. 50. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. He's not poor by any stretch of the means, but. When you consider he's responsible for... I'm sure HBO helped that a lot. Oh, I'm sure it helped out a lot. But, I mean, when you consider right now he is responsible for the most profitable entity of HBO, you would think he'd be worth more than $50 million, wouldn't you? $50 million is not bad. Not bad, but, like, look up... Okay, look up James Patterson. You think he's worth more? I think he's worth significantly more. I want to say he's like, yeah, like 250 350 Yeah. His annual salary is $90 million a year. Not a bad... I always love when people criticize James, Patterson, James Patterson's writing. Like, you know, Alex Cross isn't even that good of a character. I don't care. What's Grisham worth? 
Grisham can pump out a book too, man. That guy can pump out a like, eh, it's been nine months since I've pumped some something out. Two hundred. You see what I mean? <laughs> like, people can criticize both those guys all they want. All I hear is by the way, when has James Patterson ever proclaimed himself to be the next Not ever. Yeah. The the next you pick your writer. You want Hemingway, you can have Hemingway. You want Fitzgerald, have Fitzgerald. You want what's our boy here? Faulkner. You can have Faulkner. Not a fan. Um, you you got to admit with me, though. When the guy goes, hey, I've read your book four times. I can't get it. And I understand, like, you want to sit there and go, hey, well, idiot, read it a fifth time. But at the same time, I don't think you should be. He has, I believe, in Absalom, Absalom. There's like a 17-page parenthetical element. Yeah, like his prose is just awkward. Did you really need was that was that 16th page of the parenthetical element not enough? Because I hate when people sit there and tell me like he's a genius like, "Yes, I get it. He's a genius. He has a brilliant mind." It's like, "Can we put a period in here somewhere?" But can, just, Jesus just, Christ, <laughs> it's not the fucking enemy. Just one time. And and I'm not one of these people that thinks that it's a sin to make someone pick up a dictionary. Even though I complained about it earlier. However, the period's not your enemy. You can't be hell with what you say. Uh, God. If he really does. He'll go. Like, you'll go three pages and have no periods, no punctuation. We're just going for the sake of going. Oh, and I get it. He builds a universe, and there. And you know, I'm a big fan of people that can build a universe. I mean, I'm, however, explain that universe to me. Don't. A light in August is fine. He's the ultimate example of every time I sit down to read some Faulkner, I have to read the same paragraph four or five times in a row, and it becomes litigious, and it becomes annoying. Like, I remember we got to read, we read Absalom, Absalom first my junior year, and we then we read A Sun Also Rises uh, directly right after another. I remember my buddy Neely texting me and saying, uh, longest sentence, three lines. Like, it was just awesome. Like, it just, because, and I'm not even, I'm not hemming with, I'm tell you what, dude's got some sleepers too, but, and I get it, he was a newspaper writer. He's, there's completely different styles, they're different minds, but, uh, uh, it's a sin to say it down south, but give me Hemingway before you give me Faulkner. If I have to read one or the other, I'd rather have Hemingway. I prefer Fitzgerald, who's the who's the nice blend of both. Where do you stand on that? Because I know you're a big reader. Uh, honestly, anything that might be considered academic reading, I don't like reading it. I never. If someone tells me to read something, you've you ever read I, Gatsby? Yeah, I've read it. Didn't like it. It was, yeah, it was fine. Uh, I, high school reading was better because I had a high school English teacher that I just loved. Like, I actually said, yeah. why don't we just read Gatsby instead of something else? And she said, okay. Yeah, I loved I was a huge suck-up in high school. I loved Gatsby. Love Catch. You didn't like Catch on the Rye? I haven't actually read it. You should read Catch on the Rye. You'd like that. All right, let's go now to our South Park Clip of the Week. We've got a story that comes from English, or no, what's our class? Uh, journalism Ethics that will follow it, which is just right up, right up the alley of, of freedom fighting. Well, I hope you little commies are pretty pleased with yourselves going out there and protesting America and then saying on national television that you don't even know who the Founding Fathers are. You kids don't know squat about America, do you? 
Well, not really, no. Well, that's just jingles, because I'm assigning all you little flag burners a full report on 1776 and the Founding Fathers. Ah! Shut up! I want you all in your study groups of four, and if you can't give an outstanding report on what the Founding Fathers would have to say about all this protesting, then it's F's for you! I can't do it. This is way too much material for a nine-year-old. Oh, no, you don't, Cartman. Every time we get put in a study group, you sit on ass while the rest of us do all the work. But you guys are such better studiers than me. I know you can put it off. You're going to read this stuff and study like the rest of us. Meh. Meh. Shut up and study. Meh. 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 Hmm, 1776, when our founding fathers created America. I wonder what it used to be like in those days. In those days. In those days. In those days. What are you doing? I'm trying to have a flashback. A whoop? You know, if I have a flashback, then I can see what 1776 was like firsthand. No, you just have to study. No, 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 I've seen this work before. Just give me a second. Oh, okay, okay, how about this? Say, guys, 1776 was so long ago, I wonder what life would have been like back then. Back then. Back then. Back then. Uh, oh, wait, wait, I know, I know. Y you know, guys, I don't even care about 1776. It was so long ago that I don't think it has anything to do with me. With me? Wait, anything to do with me? With me? That isn't gonna work, dumbass! Kids, let's keep it down for study groups or else Mr. Garrison's going to punish me. Just face it, Cartman, you're gonna have to study. Meh, 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 Cartman? Cartman? You better be studying, goddammit! Ah, Stan, Kyle, Kenny, you're just in time. Oh, no. Oh, yes, I am just about to flashback to the days of our founding fathers. Cartman, you're supposed to be studying. What the hell is all this? I have programmed TiVo to record over 50 hours of the History Channel. When TiVo is full, both TiVo and I will be dropped into the water, combining our electro-whatever fields and sending me into a flashback of history. Uh, Cartman, I think that's a really bad idea. Or a really sweet one. Your TiVo is full. Oh, here it goes. Cartman? Cartman? Oh, crap. Oh, awesome! Oi there, young lad. Are you all right? Yeah, yeah. Can you tell me what year it is? This year? Why, it's 1776 it is. Oh, yes. I did it. I did it. Would you like a ride into town? I'm on my way to Master Thomas Jefferson's house to get a very important document, I am. Oh, kick fucking ass, dude. Never seen you around here, friend. Might you be from up north? No, I'm not from here at all. I'm having a flashback. A flashback? Why, what is that? Well, you know, it's a... <coughs> oh, awesome! <laughs> Look at me, I'm back in time in 1776 With gaslight corners, cobblestone streets And humble houses made of bricks What a special magic time And it's all alive for me I'm so glad Stan and Kyle aren't here I hate those guys, seriously Seriously hate those guys 
We cannot found a country based on war. We cannot found a country that is afraid to fight. Rabble! Oh, oh, Benjamin, Benjamin Franklin. Franklin, Franklin, Benjamin Franklin. Benjamin Franklin. 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 Benjamin Franklin. Mr. Franklin, where do you stand on the war issue? I believe that if we are to form a new country, we cannot be a country that appears war-hungry and violent to the rest of the world. However, we also cannot be a country that appears weak and unwilling to fight to the rest of the world. So, what if we form a country that appears to want both? Yes. Yes, of course. We go to war and protest going to war at the same time. Right. If the people of our new country are allowed to do whatever they wish, then some will support the war and some will protest it. And that means that as a nation, we could go to war with whomever we wished, but at the same time act like we didn't want to. If we allow the people to protest what the government does, then the country will be forever blameless. It's like having your cake and eating it too. Think of it. An entire nation founded on saying one thing and doing another. And we will call that country the United States of America. Wow! I get it now! I get it! Whoa, here goes! I wish I could go back to my time, to my time, to, to my time. That is from the 100th episode of South Park. I'm a little bit country. Um, couple of thoughts here. Number one, there's nothing funnier than when Cartman tries to get out of doing what he's supposed to do, correct? <laughs> Like a lot of it, it all comes full circle here when I talk about the the things I used to do to avoid like actually having to do work. I could write a paper, or or I could load a TiVo up with a History Channel, or drop it into a pool and electrocute myself. This is making insanely good sense. Uh, number two, and this is where our story comes from today, is the fact that. We had in Journalism Ethics 575. 500-level journalism class. 500-level. This, is, this right. is the highest level you can take without being a graduate student. I have to, I have to do additional coursework to take this class. because You write like three pages more. Yeah. Well, I'll, my period trick will come in there, too. <laughs> um, so, this is Journalism Majors. Today, the question was posed to a young lady who shall remain nameless. I don't know her name, so it would be easy to... Right, I don't know her name either. And to be honest with you, she seems lovely. I have no, I have no opinion on her whatsoever, other than the fact that today came up, and the question was to the class... I mean, let's be... It was kind of a loaded question in no way. Right, no. <laughs> a heavy, deep, loaded question. But the question was, what is Watergate? She had no answer. She, I think she said Watergate like three times in the answer. Like she did the repeat the question that is the repeating of the question that is. I'm pretty sure she's got, she got President Nixon. She hit that part. No, she said President. She didn't get Nixon. She goes, wasn't, wasn't this the one that got a president impeached? So technically, yes. Even though, no, it was technically factually That's incorrect. If I'm the teacher there, I'm about to have fun at someone's expense. Oh, I would have. <laughs> oh, there's no telling. 
What did I? I had another line today that was. I had a line that was solid. Oh, she was recounting her story of the Canadian mob oh, that yeah. that was in charge of arson rings in 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 uh, arson rings in New Jersey, and I go. I'll take the least threatening mob of all time for 400, Alex. Right, they will burn your house, and they will huh. apologize We are so sorry profusely. about that. Sorry about that. Uh, so, it, it dawned on me, and I get it. I don't, I had a, let's be real, I had an expensive education growing up. I I did. I get that. But do, does y'all's, because virtually all these kids are your age in there. And there's a five, six year gap between me and them. Do was this just not taught? Because this is a it's been mentioned in every single in every single graduate level class that I've had, we've discussed Watergate. B, in high school, we discussed Watergate. In high school, we watched all the president's men. Like I, I bet. 70% of the people in that room have never seen that movie. I kind of just thought that was, like, standard stuff. Like, even if you didn't watch the movie. Well, the reason Mississippi kids, I'm pretty sure I'm right, U.S. history is one of the state tests you have to take. Okay. So that, in general, makes the class unbearable for people that are actually intelligent. Okay. Because you're, you're in there with everyone. Right. And I'm pretty sure it didn't cover to, like, modern things and and in, so fa- in fairness no- in fairness to start i was a history buff and i was from the time you could take accelerated placement history classes i was always in them so i i mean i but even ap i mean i was in ap history right but like the teacher was all still worried about test scores because their job depends on it correct and the test doesn't cover modern things so the u.s history class was on stuff from farther so away y'all back. were taught to to score better on the test rather than Taught American history. Yes. Okay. Which is, it's like that in every state. It's why state tests are the dumbest thing of all time. It makes the class completely stupid. Yeah. The public education, it's why when everyone, I, I'm, an, I'm a monster because, you know, I see all these pieces on 60 Minutes about these charter schools in, in Chicago and charter schools in New York City where uh, they get to do what, basically, they get to crack the whip, they get to do all these things. And I sit there and go, huh, funny how well that works when they're not, you know, when they're all, all that they're required to do is meet a learning standard and they get to te- they basically get to operate as private schools, but free of charge. I don't think I ever had anything on Watergate in any high school class, which is just shocking to me. It is the it's the single biggest political scandal of all time. It was so big and people can debate me on this all they want, but I think I have the Trump card. When I sat there and say, name another scandal that led to the only president of the United States of America saying, I have to resign. And Frank Underwood was not his vice president. Uh, to me, it's I understand people can sit there and go, well, there was more extensive scandals that... He was well, so beaten that he knew he had to just leave. Right, and, and I think you you made the point. It didn't have to happen, and to which I always say, well, that does explain, because I kind of sometimes fall in the Nixon apologist camp, because if you actually look at what he did on paper as a president, wasn't that bad. He made some peace with China. Like, like the bugging was just stupid. But that's the whole point. 
he was such an ego megalomaniac, and he was so paranoid. It it was his downfall. He's a he's a legitimate tragic character. I still think he's wildly intelligent. I think he had good ideas as a president. However, I also fall in the camp of what happened to him. He deserved. He deserved every ounce of it. But. This fact that there are kids today, these are college students in the highest level of class that did not know what Watergate was, was just asinine to me. I, I could not get, oh, I could not get my It's not out. surprising. I'm taking a 300 level journalism class where we take grammar quizzes every Monday. Well, no, you told me, you're like, hey, my last two tests in mid-level classes... I haven't read any of the material, and I haven't studied. I've made a 94 on one and a 96 on the other. It's like... It's grammar quizzes. I can kind of figure that out. Oh, God. If you've liked what you've heard, you can share with a friend. Please do. Uh, the the I believe the new RSS feed will be approved here either today or tomorrow. So uh, I'll explain more of that on our next episode about how to how to re-download. It's, it's going to be a mess. It's going to be better for everyone, though, because now it's going to be able, you're going to be able to easily find, find the actual podcast. However, right now, the easiest way, if you want it on iTunes, please, 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 from your desktop or laptop computer, on the content page that I tweet out every single episode, click the link, download to iTunes. If you do it from your desktop, it'll sync up very, very nicely with your phone. That's that's the easiest way to do it right now. I promise I'm doing my part. I've gotten so many complaints about how difficult it is, and I know it's difficult. So I'm I'm remedying the situation. I'm putting my own skin in the game this time, which, by the way, Dylan can admit, if I put my own money into it, that it is important to me. Uh, oh, our Freedom Fighter teacher also insulted Teddy Roosevelt today. That was remarkable. Yeah, but he... I kind of, I mean, I got to completely ignore and just admire that monocle in his portrait. God <laughs> damn, what fantastic monocle placement. No one understood the importance of a monocle placement quite like well, I'm sure he sat down for his picture and was like, wait. No, no. <laughs> Perfect. For Dylan Edwards, for Carly, I'm Jeffrey saying Mamba out. <laughs>